Tony, you're starting the show today. I am. Yep, we're going to switch it up today. Uh, welcome to No Putts Given, episode 13 Today we talk Callaway visits my golf spy, new golf shafts, and some other shit people will clue me in on in a bit, I guess. <laughs> Let's get it. <laughs> All right, so Callaway just left the My Golf Spy facility. Sean Toulon, Dr. Alan Hocknell both came for a visit. So Sean is not a doctor, right? No, Sean is not a doctor. <laughs> He's no <laughs> but anyway, so just starting over of kind of why they were here. So, Tony, if um, you can back up for everybody and kind of let everybody know why Callaway visited My Golf Spy in the first place and kind of what you think their objective and our objective is. Well, uh, I would say short version, right? We've had years of intermittent communication issues, plenty of tension, and then, of course, the uh, the Chrome Soft debacle after our ball test. So I think uh, the best way to say it is they came out to kind of press the reset button, uh, get a better understanding of you know, how we go about our tests, uh, get to know us a little better and, and talk a little bit about the golf ball as well. And, you know, <clears throat> for the last five years, you know, our job, like we always say, is to educate and empower consumers. And we can't do that job to the best of our ability, honestly, without the other side, you know, playing along. Right. Um, so what that means to those that are listening or watching or reading what we do, why we say that is because if you want us to be better and most educated on your equipment we need to be first educated from you about those products that you develop and design and ultimately produce for consumers right we can test them and tell people what the data is but there are so many things that go on behind the scenes with these manufacturers that the average golfer just would mm -hmm. never know and us included right so harry arnett leaves today at callaway golf and if i'm being completely honest i think he had a big part harry's a really talented guy but our relationship status with Callaway was hindered, I think, because of one person, and I think that was Harry. And I understand why. And uh, but that being said, we are hitting the reset button. Harry's leaving, and I think there has already been change uh, in regards to the vibe between the yeah. two companies, and that's good ultimately for the consumer. I think so. The objective for the two companies was pretty simple: just get a better understanding of where they're coming from where we're coming from, which ultimately helps consumers in the end uh, get a better product, I hope, right, Tony? Oh, yeah, hopefully, right? That's uh, that's what everybody wants. Uh, and well, hopefully, hopefully that's what everybody gets. One of the cool things, I think, was that they really seemed to, once we were able to describe our testing protocols and have them understand the, the why of what we do at My Golf Spy, I think they were a little bit more interested in hearing our opinion on their own products. You know, we were going through the soft goods stuff and, and Harry had some really good pointers for them on, on bag design and things like that as they move forward with OGO and Travis Matthews and companies like that. Um, you know, for them to ask for our feedback was, I think it was pretty good, pretty big deal. Yeah. And <clears throat> I don't think people understand the complexity of the, the process and problem that we have to solve, meaning, we have to come up with really rigorous testing protocols, not just for one category, but for 30, you know? And that takes a lot of work and a lot of dedication that everyone here does every day. And I don't, I think a lot of companies understand that, 
but I don't think Callaway did, and I think they do now. And what's best that comes out of this, I think, is that we want their input on testing, right? right. We want everybody's input, anyone's mm-hmm. body, anyone's input that can make our testing better. And while we think we have good testing, there's no perfect testing you can always improve. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so um, the objectives, I think, for both were to reset, like Tony said, and the result of what will happen because of this is already happening. So, Tony, tell them just kind of some of the changes that are happening at the the Callaway uh, golf ball plant, not specifically because you started cutting open their balls, but it definitely had some impact and they readily admitted that and understand that they had a problem and how do they plan to fix it really? Yeah. I mean, I think the, the real quick version of the story is there are some changes going on at the ball plan. I guess you could probably call them uh, both process and machinery upgrades with the ultimate goal. I think probably the, the simplest way to explain it is to create products and processes that either meet or exceed what Titleist is currently doing, right? Because for all the talk of, you know, Titleist talks about quality and quality control and quality checks. Um, I think when you talk to other guys in the ball industry, for the most part, they agree that, yeah, Titleist does a really good job at that stuff. So if, if you're going to compete with Titleist on the quality of your product to a degree, you need to do the same kind of things they do or, or even go a step beyond that. So, you know, the the first kind of real obvious one is that Callaway has has new machines coming in and new processes to center the core of the golf ball properly, consistently. Which, you know, obviously we know is a problem. There's there's been some improvement already, but that that's a big part of what they're doing. They're they're doing some things with uh, to improve the the consistency and again the quality of their mixing. Right. So if we if you look at some of the balls that we've cut open. Uh, really mo- more pronounced in the prior gen, but certainly we've seen some of it in the current generation of golf balls as well, where you either see kind of swirly patterns in the core or or the the layers are different colors from one ball to the next. And that's, that's indicative of inconsistencies in the mixture. And that kind of thing leads to inconsistencies in compression of the golf ball. And obviously inconsistencies in compression lead to inconsistencies in performance. So they're taking steps to address that. They are going to be x-raying once everything is in place, right, 100% of the balls that go through there. And, you know, that's that's all well and good, right? And and to borrow a line from, from Titleist, right, you can't inspect quality into a golf ball. So, you know, unless everything else goes well, right, where they are centering the cars, where the mixtures are, are consistent, x-raying them and, and hoping to pluck out the bad ones doesn't really solve the problem. Yeah, that's but a good point. So, like... Certainly, We've cut open balls and the optical visual thing that golfers see is, oh shit, that core is not centered. But there are so many other quality control checks that have nothing to do with the centering of the core of a golf ball, right? So even if you x-ray every ball that comes out of there and they're all centered, you could still have a plethora of... Inconsistencies in the mix, right? Yeah, especially uh, the temperature. Problems with like the that. cover, cover yeah, defects. Too so much basically, Too much what? Yeah, it's, it's certainly... Yeah. I don't... I don't think it's a, a full reset on the ball factory. I don't think that's what we're talking about, but we're... It's making uh, changes. They're, they're, yeah, I mean... They're spending a lot of money. Every aspect of the ball where, where they've identified that they have quality issues, consistency issues, they are addressing that. And by the time the uh, the new balls roll out for uh, for 2020, all of that should be 
fully implemented and and that's where we're really going to see if they they've yeah. actually made I mean improvements. I I hear that the the they're hiring hiring lots of people to go out into the woods of every golf course and pick up the old Callaway <laughs> no, golf course. They actually course. said they were going to napalm the woods of <laughs> yeah. all the golf courses to get rid of the old chrome softs but If you got trees on your golf course, I'm sorry for you. <laughs> It'd be interesting to see if you can identify which ball is going to be the 2020 ball when it's out in the woods and you I find I think them, they're going to make it uh, they obvious have to. for people to they know have the to because because then they then I think they're going to put a logo like if you cut one open it's going to have a picture of Tony's face in it like we're better now <laughs> you know what I mean we've improved I actually think one of the coolest ads I don't know who said it would uh, it might have been you Harry said they should come out with an ad that shows next year like the old ball and the new ball and say this is what we used to look like this is what we look like now and think well, about I mean, this that's- that, that's a problem with the golf industry and probably every industry in general, right? When you have a problem, you, you sort of fix it without acknowledging the prior one. So, uh, Obviously, we'll they're see. not going to put our faces on their ball. What is that saying? No. It's like turn the problem into a feature or something? Yeah. I don't know. It's but, not a bug, it's a feature? Yeah, it's not a bug, it's a feature. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, $50 million being invested in changes in the plant so obviously throwing money at things doesn't always fix it but that shows a pretty significant dedication to trying to fix the quality control problem and a lot of other issues that were going on there i guess due to a few things but one of them is because i mean doc hawk was talking about the whole philosophy behind the ball though and like he was saying that you know yeah they have these quality control issues but making the ball itself was pretty damn difficult yeah that's a great point so Let's talk about a little bit of the philosophy of why they came up with Chrome Soft, right? So they knew right away that if they came out with a ball that was like the Pro-V, why would anybody buy that versus the Pro-V? So they needed to come up with what they call, you know, or in the industry or any industry is a differentiator, right? Something that you can instantly look at and go, that's that company. It's kind of like the white driver for Taylor. Remember the uh, like Blata balls and the people why they why people liked them is because they were so soft around the green. Um the philosophy with with um Callaway is kind of similar. Like it's it's soft um but you it's a differentiator between every other ball. When you pull golfers, the number one thing they care about with a golf ball is always feel, right? Right. So one way you can give that to them almost instantaneously is by making it softer. Mm But there's other things that they had to do to do that because, as uh, we discovered in our golf ball test, soft off the tee equals slow, slow, right? So how do you – that came in – one cool thing that we did learn from them was – and this is why I love having the manufacturers to my golf spy or calls or whatever because they do have a philosophy for the Callaway Chrome Soft. It wasn't just create something soft, right? Mm-hmm. Theirs was based kind of how we score golf clubs, and that's strokes gained. So – Yes, soft is slow off the tee, but what they look at it as is the totality of a round of golf. So you also hit iron shots. You also hit wedge shots. Yeah, they broke down t- like a pretty pretty good um, visual. You, I mean, you hit 14 drivers on average, uh, 24, I think, iron shots, 36 putts, all, and chip shots and within those. And all of them came into that ball that they created. Yeah, so they're willing to give up some distance off the tee. Yeah. With gaining some off the iron and some, you know, love but, around the green. But I mean, the distance they only said it was like what two to three yards. Yeah, that's not what we found. But yeah, well, so I that's mean, what right, stated. What we, what we talked about after the ball test, and and what we continue, what I continue to tell people when they, when they ask about it is, look, look, speed is always going to exaggerate a dis, a difference. So you know, a a 
two balls that are just a couple yards apart with a 90 mile an hour driver swing speed are going to be significantly farther apart at 115, mm-hmm. which to a degree is why we tested it at more of the extreme so we could fill in the middle. So look, I know this is going to be hard for a lot of guys to hear because they argue and say, though, this is the longest ball I've ever played off the tee, whatever. Look, the reality is Callaway, every other ball company and we've spoken to about it freely admits that a softer ball is slower off the tee. I mean, this is, I mean, it's just a physics thing, right? It's just the way it works. It, they're, they're lower COR. I mean, it's you, you can argue it, but you're arguing against facts, which is just a ridiculous thing to do. So the, the Callaway philosophy is we want to be, we think that with our softer ball, for most golfers, right, we always preface with for most golfers, we can keep it within a handful, two, three, four yards, whatever, we can keep it within that distance of a Pro V1 off the tee because the, the Chrome Soft is a lower spinning ball. We're going to make up that distance off the irons. We're going to effectively be, you know, total distance from, from you know, your first shot till after you played your second. Maybe we're, we're at least the same, maybe a little longer. And then the argument from them is, look, we have the softest cover in golf. So once you get inside 40 yards where that really starts to where it's just kind of the the differentiation between the cover and the casing layer that that leads to your spin they're saying with our super soft cover we're going to spin more around the greens than anybody else now right, that's is, you know we do we didn't test 40 yards I'm, I'm sure i'd get pushed back from other ball manufacturers as to whether or not that's true but that that's certainly the philosophy behind the the, the performance specification of the chrome right, which i love the philosophy right and the differentiation of callaway Chrome Soft and Truvis is definitely valid, right? You know that when you see a Truvis, even though TaylorMade has tried to ride the coattails of that a little bit, that's a Callaway ball, <laughs> right? So philosophy is one thing, execution is another, right? So you can have this theory of strokes gain from tee to green, but you still have to execute it with quality control, right? And it is to be seen, I guess, or to be determined whether or not this investment will work. I think they've already started centering balls better than they were. Would you not agree, Tony? Yeah, I mean, certainly, like, the, the analogy Doc used, right, you, you can't go, oh, my God, we, we have a problem. Shut it all down, and we're not going to make any more balls in, until it's fixed. That's, you know, that's perfect world, ideal scenario. You can't do that in, in the real world where you have to sell things to, to maintain your business. So the analogy is sort of like trying to change a flat tire on a moving car. And so that's what they what they've done to this point is implement process improvements as they kept going. But I think again, you know, uh, certainly what they said by by the time they start cranking out twenty twenty balls, they're going to be in really great position and and to be seen, right? But but certainly I'd say I'm I'm really optimistic about what I've heard and what that could mean well, do, for yeah. the quality of the golf ball. Because, I mean, do you think you people? Know, if, if you want. If you love the Chrome Soft, right, and you want to play that ball either because you like the way it feels or you love Callaway or or it actually is a good performance spec for you, like I, I fully support that, but it needs to be a quality and a quality consistent product. And right now, I, I don't think that's the case. And hopefully right. by 2020, but it will do you, be. So do you think that the consumer knowing this now, do you think they're going to be wait until 2020 for them to get the new most consistent ball? I would. I think it's <laughs> exactly so. There you go. So if you think that's going to happen, the obviously markets are going to go down. So why not do a recall on stuff like cars and stuff like that, like well, they did? And obviously, it's not health. There's, there's still realities, and right, it's not. 
it's not a safety concern like this isn't a a child's uh yeah it's not a fire hazard there's no (laughs) risk of igniting and but that being said i think a lot of people you know at least publicly have said i'm never gonna you you get a a wide variety right there's people that are like i'm never gonna trust them again i'm never buying the ball again to the people that are probably gonna wait a little bit to the people that are still chromies or whatever the hell denying there's a problem (laughs) chromies um Anyway, what do you think? I think it's a pretty good opportunity for Callaway to say, hey, you know, we we know that we didn't have the highest quality golf balls, but we've made our changes and give but us that's another a, shot. But that's a detriment to them. Like, they're a big fucking company. Well, here's... And them saying that, that yeah, they messed up. Okay, so let's think about that, right? When the, Here's the difference of what I would have liked to see versus what happened. Test oh, comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, sure. Someone behind the scenes puts out a really awful press release about our testing, right? to try to uh, throw us under the bus and all that stuff versus that person no longer being there and the new, not the new CEO, but the CEO going, all right, let's hit the reset button and let's face facts, right? We've got a problem. We're going to fix it. Great. You know, there was a problem. That looks so good on them though. It's not even about, it's just what you, it does look good, right? There's no doubt about that. But would, would they have addressed the problem if Tony didn't start this craze? Well, I don't, I don't think, and in, in talking, I will say this, talking with Alan and Sean, you know, I, I didn't get the sense that they were hiding anything. I mean, they were no, very open about either. everything. No, and, that was about as think, transparent of a meeting between mm-hmm. the minds as you're going to get. Yeah, and, I, and awesome. I think it's fair to it say that, you know, when, so if you look at when, the, when that response was issued, right, that was one week after our test. We published a test on a, on a Monday that that release came out Friday. And I think on that Friday, that was actually before we started cutting things open and really started digging. And and I think it's fair to say that when that came out, Callaway didn't know the extent of the problem they had at, at the factory. Right. So, you know, I'm, I'm going to go like, it, it wasn't until, hey, you know, they really, balls started getting cut open and they started taking a closer know. look. I, I don't know about that. I mean, during conversations Harry had with Hocknell, they knew they had a problem, you know? at the plant with QC. Was yeah, that, was that communicated, right, that and was that communicated properly towards the higher-ups? So yeah. I, I, that's the, that's if you, the main If you question. think about the, the the people in the plants... Dude, they got if, quotas if, to if, hit. Well, you know? they do, and if they know that they've, they you know, the if, yeah, if, the, if they've effed up, it's it's going to be one, like, if I, if I say that we've effed up, I lose my job. Like they already know that, so they're covering their. At the end of the day, everyone's out for themselves, so they're trying to ho- like keep their own. They got numbers face, to hit. They know? don't have. They didn't have their quality control standards that they could check these balls to even see if they were centered. You and know? they were growing at a significant pace, right? So like that's what yeah, they've been growing sure. too fast. Maybe yeah. balls were flying out of there, so they could yeah. either go, "Holy shit, we're going to stop everything, or we're going to keep pumping these things yeah. out." They made the wrong decision, in my opinion. But at the end of the day, they're going to fix it, and hopefully, yeah. for golfers. I think what Tony discovered and started doing is something that is going to impact golfers, not for the next year because of Callaway. I can guarantee you other manufacturers are talking to the plants and foundries that make these golf balls to assure that that is yeah. not happening. And I think that what Tony did is going to impact golfers for decades. Yeah, and, and for the, for the consumer job, out there, it's every manufacturer is never ever going to get it 100% correct every time because it's there's so many variables out there even Titleist who has been number one in the ball industry for a long long time um, since I was in my dad's sack 
like it's been a long time since that's happened. So when it comes to not um, the way it works, <laughs> but right, there's a stork somewhere in there, right? <laughs> but what I'm saying is the golf ball is never ever going to be perfect. It's really in every hard single... to make a golf ball, first of all, oh, right? Yeah, but those people but also out there really like... easy at the same time. It's really hard to make a good golf ball. I would say it's really hard yeah. to make, make any a golf ball. ball. To, to fuse the rubber and on the blah, blah, yeah, blah. Not just that, the blending of it. All the stuff oh that God, we learned. And so know, much. It's, it's just not easy to make that ball. So the harder something is to make, the more difficult it is to... But I, in, in my, my advice was would be even from now into 10 years from now, just keep checking the balls yourself because you might find one in there that's going to be a little bit lopsided because it's hard to catch every single ball when you're making 12... How many? It was like two hundred, like two hundred and fifty million balls. Callaway came out with or something. Or oh, something it was ridiculous. like a few million dozen. Yeah, so it's fucking oh, no, ridiculous. It's, it's, it's a massive, massive. Yeah, number so of balls. so if you yeah. see so yeah. many balls, so if you see a guy in the balls. out in the woods napalming old balls, just know that they want to get rid of a lot of those millions of balls and start hit the reset button, right? All right, so that's enough about Callaway and the trip. It was a great trip. Would you not agree? That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. You almost broke the record for the basketball shoot game at. Mm, uh, I beat you first at time. the beer hall. Mm, I, yeah, it's. Uh, I, I, it's always good. It was an off night. Even even if he's an asshole. Who's that? Sean. Jeez. He's an honestly, he's an interesting dude. Honestly, people can say whatever they want about Sean and Alan. I don't know. I'm sure they're liked by most, but I have never been a part of a meeting like that that the other side especially a corporation that big was that open and honest yeah they and that was my first they got meeting some good guys with, working with for them. sean and dark and couldn't think anything highly uh, more highly of them i think they yeah. were very transparent they're very down to earth they obviously know the the shit yeah alan, um, alan's a smart guy and so is sean yeah it was, good. was a lot of fun sean's think, a professional alan's probably smarter because he's a doctor okay and sean's not but <laughs> Wait, so Sean is or is not a doctor? Sean's going to send Sean you. Is not a doctor. Okay, all right, just make sure. If Sean's Sean, listen, not Dr. Tulon. If Sean's listening to this podcast, please send a bag of dicks to Tony. <laughs> yeah, we'll give you his address. Email me, I'll give you his address. Just not the ones I'm from China. Get a text. <laughs> I will be getting a text at some point today. <laughs> all right, so moving on. The golf season is over, so I just figured we could kind of recap and give the top moments of the year. From everybody, uh, so we'll start with Sam. Top moment of the year from the golf season this year: PJ Tour, golf, anything. I mean, shit! I won my home club's club championship. Oh, okay, Jesus. okay, Let's moving on. Harry, what's your favorite topic? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I think I think. Didn't Harry win twice? To your answer, let's talk about that. <laughs> I I only played once. So hey, have you guys played against each other lately? I did. I did say. I did say I'm playing in the Portsmouth Amateur this weekend, and someone bowed out. Somebody. Somebody's going to France. So. Oh, that's right. You going to France this weekend? No, but I'm trying oh. to. <laughs> I'm save, going to France in three weeks. I'm, I'm trying chilling. to. I'm trying to save some money so that I can buy you all gifts when I go over there. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, I'll have, I'll have a they have Tinder in France. I'm gonna come back. About to with, find out. I'm gonna come back with one baguette for you, Harry. Oh please, that's the best bread ever. All right, so your highlight of, of the year was you winning the club championship. No, no, my highlight of the year I think is really cool. It was the U.S. Amateur winner gets to play the first two rounds of the Masters with Tiger Woods next year. I think that was the coolest thing about this year. Right, and you, and we were speaking of this beforehand, and you said that that happens every year. 
Which I had no clue. Right? But not okay. So the winner of the USAM gets to play with the defending of, Masters champion at the Masters right. for the first two rounds. And you think Good that's cool because he gets to play with T Dub. T Dub. But even even so, you get to play Augusta with any <laughs> pro totally that wins the Masters. Yeah. Well, think about it. Last year, didn't they have to play with who? Patrick Reed. Yeah. Ooh. Mm, that would have sucked. Yeah. That so. Would have. I mean, Why is he laughing? think about the glow up that we came from <laughs> Go from Patrick shot. Reed to Tiger Woods. Yeah, Harry, guess. you could have played it with Tiger. You, well, yeah. I mean, I could have if if I stopped, if I missed if you quit the greens in the front nine, <laughs> maybe. Uh, no, but I mean, the qualifying that I, I did was I played well. I just hit nine bunkers in the first 18 holes, yes, and that's what cost the bunkers, me. man. They suck. Why are they there? That'll get you. Did you have the infomercial wedges? I should have got the spin. Like, that's your problem. That. All right, what's your highlight for the year? Um, just how CBD basically is taken off within the golf industry. Um, no, why is he laughing? He's not on the <laughs> CBD kick like you are he just isn't. yet. But, I mean, you, you see, allegedly, Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson taking cbd on the golf course yeah, i mean and i take it bubba has a cbd sponsor like right he's, exactly he's so kind of an endorsement deal it's, it's getting bigger how um, much success would you think that cbd honestly played in the role of your two your two wins in a row 100 percent. really i, I he yes. has no real golf skill so yeah <laughs> CBD just literally came out and hit the golf ball. Um, no, basically, the marijuana leaf itself just <laughs> smacked the ball down the court. 100%. Obviously not 100%, but I would say a good You're portion. a dual All-American athlete. You're the one of two dual All-American athletes in Christopher Newport right, University so history. Here's, here's what I found with CBD. You're not the other one. Shout out CNU. No, I'm not. So when I played uh, with CBD went on, on CBD is... I felt more relaxed in in pressure situations instead of kind of getting a little bit uptight and my swing gets a little bit short and quick. I was very loose going down those final stretches. You had said was, something that kind of struck me, I guess, when it comes to these situations because I think every golfer can relate, right? You had mentioned that there was somebody playing alongside you that was really good and usually that would make you nervous. So I remember playing high school and golf and there being a crowd behind the first tee and mm-hmm. just the jitters that the average golfer yeah. gets, right? So... That is what you said just literally went drop down to zero. Exactly. Anxiety, and right? and I I was kind of not anxious and to get it over with. So I was kind of like I was on the tee and I was like, I'm gonna stroke this and, and smash this down the middle and I did. Came away with a par, won the tournament. Um but it's not just in pressure situations. The my last eight round has been under par and I've been hit using C B D straight from from those last eight <laughs> rounds. Now, obviously, I haven't practiced as much as I have been. I haven't played in two or three weeks, and I'm going to go and play this amateur event this weekend, and I'll take the CBD, and I'll just see the difference of playing without CBD, and not not playing and practicing to using CBD and playing once. All right, here's the deal. If you win this weekend, CBD's legit. Like that, This is the <laughs> ultimate test. If he oh. wins this weekend, my gospel, here you go. We're going to sell out to a CBD company as the only <laughs> advertiser and sponsor of my gospel. Web, WebMD, we're for sale. Okay. How how is the quality of the CBD that you've been taking? How do you how do you judge the quality of the CBD that you have? Well, I haven't. I haven't Apparently been taking how, how much he wins. 
I haven't been taken like Which the ones lot. that have not been tested by a third party. I've been taken ones that have been tested by a lab and been put through its paces. So you know there is some thought involved because I know yeah. there's so many CBD companies out here already that want to make a quick buck and they they put some CBD in there and it might be 1% CBD and rest of them might be chemicals that completely mess up your... Um, don't take those this weekend. Yeah. Tony, what was your highlight this year? I don't know that I have one. Like, you know, I don't watch a ton of golf. I mean, I guess, right, so, somebody should say Tiger winning the Masters, right? <laughs> so, fuck it, let's go with that. <laughs> I think mine is um, two things, I guess, and that is the knee drop rule and the pin in, pin out thing. So, like... Yeah, those yeah, were, I mean, that's certainly interesting. Yeah, those were big stories at the beginning of the year. Uh, and I don't know how much the new rules will impact next year. Like, how will that play out the next few years is what I'm more interested in. And then the pin-in, pin-out rule, or, yeah, the rule and the testing that we did and others did. I got a lot of traction. Yeah, I mean. Shit, so we're I, being talked about on TV. Yeah, Sir Nick Faldo was shouting us out. Yeah. So how do you think next year that will look? So obviously you've seen golfers. Some golfers are doing it in tournament. Some uh, recreation, a lot of recreational golfers are doing it. But is it going to speed up play? And do you think you're going to see more golfers do that next year? My first thought was, I think it can really speed up play. The problem is that when you have Sam that takes leaves the pin in all the time and he's playing with a guy that wants it pulled out, it then actually slows down play, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I... Sorry, go ahead, Tony. Go, 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 I, I, go. I, I, I played in a couple events this summer where one guy really wanted it out, and I'm the kind of golfer where if they want it out, take it out. If you want it in, you know, I would prefer if they if someone asked me, you taking it out, I would I will ninety nine point nine nine percent say just leave it in. But for the guys that like you know you play with the better players, especially going over to the college practice, they everybody wants it out. So it's. It's here nor there. We played an event, played with a guy the second day. He was like, you guys don't want the pin in, do you? And I was like, I don't really care. He's like, oh, my God, thank God. I, I kept having to stick that damn flag in every time the guy wanted to putt. It didn't matter how far he was. I think they should just concrete him in the bottom of the flag. <laughs> that would make it a little more difficult to change the hole. but Probably. But if yeah. you – no, you just but take the whole yeah, thing out. Yeah, it gives it a handle. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, no well, – Sorry, no Tony. Do that, do that same motion again. <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> that, you, know, you got your hand in your pocket again, Harry? Oh, no. Magic is not there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So those two things were the most interesting to me, I guess. We'll see how they play out over time. Uh, next up is... Hold on, hold on. One, one more thing before we oh, move on. I would you have say, an opinion now? Well, not on... I, I, you know, when you mentioned the, the dropping and the flagstick and sort of all that stuff, I think I think this is the first year where the the slow play conversation has heated up to the fact that, you know, maybe we're going to do something about it. Three or four years from now, we might actually do something. about yeah. it. <laughs> That's a good a, point. Good point. Uh, next up on no putts given is the 2019 most wanted utility iron of the year. And we just completed it. It will be published next Thursday. The winner is on the screen for everyone to take a guess and see if they can decipher that. I know. Spy, you do? Shh. I don't. You don't? All right. So, coming <laughs> when it comes to utility irons, help golfers out there that are listening to this, right? Because there's kind of a fork in the road. There's two different types of utilities. What are they? What should golfers be looking for? And uh, help some golfers out if you can, Sam. Yeah. So, I think the utility iron category is really interesting 
for back in the day when you think of two iron or one iron, you're like, whoa, there's no way that I'm good enough. I mean, I I probably wouldn't play a one iron. It's like a plus butter handicap. knife. Exactly. So they've come a long way. Technology is kind of, like you said, forked off into two different directions. Uh, on one side, I feel like you've got these low launching, low spinning, off the tee driving irons that have thinner soles, you know, higher centers of gravity. The ball's going to launch a little lower. And then on the other hand, you've got products like the Torridge HL4, for instance, which performed quite well in our test, actually. Um it's got a wider sole, a farther back center of gravity. It helps the ball launch a little higher. It, it's it's like a mini uh, hybrid. Yeah. So if you're if you're the kind of golfer that is not ready to transition all the way to a hybrid and a long iron, a lot of these manufacturers are starting to make utility irons with lofts that are a little bit more fun for the golfer at the five and the four iron that can help you hit a long iron higher and better and actually so get it off the ground. I guess the best way to define it is. When you think driving iron or utility iron, you really need to look at which one it is, driving iron or utility iron. And right. Think about the difference in those two words, right? Driving iron is specifically used from off, more off the tee. A utility iron is more of a utility player, right? Yeah. It's used for multiple purposes. And I think sometimes the, you can carry multiple of them at different lofts. That's another good point. Um, so if you're a 65 year old guy out there, a woman out there that can't get the ball airborne as easy anymore, you're probably going to think there's no way I could play a long a utility or driving iron, right? Mm-hmm. But would you agree that that they should actually maybe think about trying some of them? Absolutely. I mean, there's like I said, there's there's utility irons out there that feature a more playable option for golfers with slower swing speeds. There, it's it's not everybody has to be a high swing speed player. Tony, you're kind of looking at me with a a little bit of no, he has Russell disagreement. Pitch face. Oh. <laughs> No, no, what I, what I was actually going to say is, like, I, I think you're absolutely right, and especially being at the test facility for the last day and a half and really kind of getting to check out that whole bag of toys we had there. Like, there is, within the utility slash driving iron category, whatever you want to call it, there is almost as much variation in the product offerings as you would find, you know, I guess comparable going from, like, player's cavity back to game improvement right there there really is that kind of range and size and shape top line thickness sole width offset all of that stuff there's there's tremendous variety so it's not like hey i just choose a driving iron and i'm in a butter knife like it really is all right do i want like a a player's utility iron or more of a game improvement utility iron? there really is that kind of broad spectrum within the category sam uh mentions it a lot and i think it just needs to be kind of ingrained in people is go in with a purpose right so don't just buy blindly when you walk into a store go in with an objective like what am i trying to achieve today with my game and what tool basically in this store is going to help me best achieve that goal right so kind of like um like i always try to say about a hammer right if i'm going to be a roofer i want a hammer that works well with my hand and achieve the job how i'm going to do it right and uh, golf, there's so many different tools, and in utilities, it's it's hard for golfers to understand that even within that thing called a driving iron, utility iron, there's almost like three or four different styles yeah. of how golf companies are trying to offer and achieve those different goals for different types of golfers. Just like a driver, just like a fairway wood, just like irons, there's something out there for everybody. There's stuff on the extreme end where you're going to get that low launch or stuff on the other side where you're going to get the high launch and there's even stuff in the middle. Shit, there's utility irons that are adjustable. Cobra, yeah. t- tailor-made. Right, well, let me ask you a, a question. And the one length. Yeah, they have a one length utility one, iron. Let me, 
That is so cool. The one like utility. It's It's really hard to shoot photographs of it though. If you ask Matt, like it doesn't (laughs) stick out of the bag. Like all the others are like up here and this one's way down here. (laughs) But let me ask you a question, Sam. So related back to the, to the golfer, um, if you have like the mini hybrid and then you have a hybrid that has the same loft, why should they go to a driving iron or why should they stick with a hybrid? Because if you're accustomed with a hybrid and you're more comfortable with a hybrid that does the same job as a driving iron, what, what's the, what's the differences between the two? I'm basically, I'm saying, I think with the, if, if I think it's club delivery, it's like, if yeah. I'm a guy that delivers like an iron that wants to come in a little bit steeper angle of attack versus a sweeper, yeah. I'm looking for a utility looking ironish yeah. driving iron utility iron versus the Torridge, which is more of a I'm gonna have trouble at a steep angle of attack trying to take a divot with that, which is the way I prefer to play, right? Yeah. I just I think a lot of it comes down to deliverability of the club. He you're exactly right, Adam. And also not only angle of attack, delivery of the club, but also you know, preference, like some guys, like I would never play a five wood because it, there's just too much of the face showing. Mm-hmm. And that, that still kind of runs true for hybrids as well. Like if you're going to get a five hybrid, that's a lot of face to look at. But if I'm getting a yeah, five iron be- utility iron, it's going to, it's going to look and appear more like an iron, which you're already seeing the entirety of the face of. Mm-hmm. So I think a little bit comes down to preference. What do I want to look at? What's going to give me confidence when I look down at it, but also club delivery. Am I steep enough to where I can hit a utility iron and I don't need to take, you know, I don't need this super wide sole hybrid. Uh, and also, again, like it, it depends. You have to look in, in at your game. What do I need out of this club that right. I'm going to get in and my if, bag? If you're, I'm guessing if you're all over the face, hybrid might be better for you than a mini driving iron, depending on the MOI. That's what I'm guessing, right? Yeah, and like I said, there's different models that have different levels of forgiveness and mm-hmm. some are... Some are designed more for better Everything's players, a different bag. Everything exactly. can be different and specs to you. But I think I mentioned, I might have mentioned earlier, there's manufacturers out there. Strixon, for instance, is really good. When they came out with the 85 series, they came out with the ZU85, mm-hmm. and I think it Dumps. goes all the way up to a, I want to say 7-iron or 6-iron. Yeah, it goes a long way. So if you need more forgiveness in your long irons and you want to go further than a cavity back, you can get the ZU85. Tony, I'm not talking to you. Maybe I am. Actually, after you fix this swing, I think he's going to go from a bag of hybrids to a real set of irons again. I mean, yeah, we're, I think he might go to some bottom. Dude, I'm not we made some, good, we made some I, good strides this weekend. I definitely found a, uh, a utility iron that I, that I took a shine to for sure. So <laughs> I've seen Tony swing the golf club for 10 years. Sam did more improving of his golf swing in literally five minutes than I've seen in 10 years. Let me just clarify. Tony did more fixing of his golf swing. I just told him what to do. It was impressive. He just me. He's still got a. <laughs> yeah, how are your muscles, by the way? Are they are they still hurting? I, I did get a, a text yesterday. Last night, and I'm like, uh, yeah, so uh, normally it's my right hip that hurts. Now it's my left. So obviously we've done something. Okay, the big question, though, for me is based on what Sam gave you, which is a big nugget, right? Did you start following him on Twitter yet? No. What? <laughs> It's because it's not about fixing my golf swing. It's about saying interesting things. So I like Sam's Twitter. <laughs> I'm kidding. Maybe I, we'll see how it goes. We'll, go we'll go check out the it. go check out the video. I if you break today. if you if you make the se- if you hit the seven in the seventies, they say you have to follow him. That has to be a well, no, like, I like that one. He's yeah. gonna five put eighteen to make sure he doesn't do it. Based on, tell you what, if I can, uh, based on how badly I've been playing of late, like I said, I shot even par on the front nine at the member guest on Saturday. 
uh, had a turkey sandwich, and my game has been garbage since. So if I can, if I go out Sunday morning and shoot eighty-five or better, I'll follow Sam on Twitter. <laughs> please no don't, chance. please, no please don't throw it away on the eighteenth hole when you're like ten over and you make oh, a quad on the last hole. Oh, I, I can triple bogey that the eighteenth at McGregor is a par three, but. Like like every par three at McGregor is really easy until you miss the green and then things can get ugly fast. So well, just, we just, for, just for everyone out there, Tony follows me on Twitter. We worked on full swing. Just to annoy okay, you. Okay, <laughs> yes, I get it. I get it. Everybody rub you it know what, did you, Do you follow you Matt follow too? Matt as well? Yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm out. <laughs> All right, so for those of y'all that don't know, Tony actually came down the facility for the Callaway trip and uh, transitioning to the facility. We've had it for four years now. Uh, starting to outgrow it now so we are looking for other facility places to kind of expand and kind of spread our wings a little bit and for those of y'all that don't know we are currently working with a couple places to do that Um, so yesterday after the meeting with Callaway we met with a couple places or one place yesterday one place the week before and uh you guys looking forward to that, um, being in the facility for a few years? I'm looking forward to a, a nice facility with space and Matt for have an office. I would yeah. love for Matt to have a desk. Okay, I know, so, Matt, Matt, would you like to have a desk too? He well, if this is yes. about Matt, I can just put a de- an office <laughs> right there on is. the second floor. I think, <laughs> I don't... Get a, one of those little like uh, grade school desks, right? Where it's just a self-contained <laughs> chair on top. And- I think there's so many positives that can come out of a new facility. Um, Testing done faster yeah. with, with the more bays, more testers. Um, yeah, so the difference, for those of you that have never been to the MyGospot facility, the facility is in kind of a <laughs> industrial area. I don't know what Tony's laughing at already about. This is because you're like, for those of you who have never been to the facility. <laughs> Which is Tony like Covey. 99.9% of the people. Yeah. Oh, I got it you. Was, it was me two days ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So my the test facility is not located on a golf course, which I you know in a in a perfect world it would be on a golf course where we kind of had access to outdoor testing, indoor testing, all in one place, and golfers were, you know, walking there every day to play golf already. Um, so that's what we're looking to do, and uh, we're looking right now at a couple different options, and I'm super excited and hope you know one of them happened for all of us, and obviously the all the consumers out there because we can really do a lot of cool stuff mm-hmm. if we can ever get there. So um, looking forward to that. And uh, for those that follow us, we'll be kind of sharing some information about that process in the next couple of weeks. Uh, next up, well, before we even finish, there's the winner of the utility. Oh yeah, but we test. can't we can't say who it is because it's- Embargoed. It is embargoed. So- Semi-embargoed, yeah. Take little, that, take as, that a as a hint, yeah. Yeah, there's a hint for you. So next up is a new product, and Tony, I'll let you take this one. So it's uh, Tony's new golf ball that he's been playing. Did they create this? Uh, did they, you know, did they streamline this for you? The, uh, so this is Titleist Pro V1X Left Dash, it's called. And uh, I have this one. There you go. There's the picture. It's called the Left Dash because of the Left Dash on the side stamp. So this is... This is one of Titleist CPO Ball's custom performance options. Uh, it's another way of saying tour only previously. So in addition to the, the three retail tour balls, if you will, not that AVX gets any play at all on tour, as far as I know, um, might get one or two on, a, on other than the PGA tour. 
Um, but so AVX Pro V1, Pro V1X, those are sort of the retail tour balls. There's also three custom performance options for, for tour staff. The left dash is one of them. It is the most popular of those three, and it it doesn't fit a, a massive number of players by any stretch. It's not a meat of the bell curve fit, but there's been enough interest at the amateur level and enough guys that it that it fits well. Um, this is actually the ball Titleist fit me into it at, at, at TPI um, or not TPI or Manchester Lane a month and a half, two months ago. Uh, so it, it does have its spot. And they're bringing it to retail, kind of, so it's not going to be on shelves. It's special order only. Kind of have to ask for it by name, but intriguing option for sure. All right, a couple, couple questions. What's the difference with the left dash? What's the main feature of it, comparatively speaking to other Titleist balls? So if we look at the Titleist lineup, right, moving. So AVX, low launch, low spin. Pro V1, relative to everything, mid launch, mid spin. Pro V1X, high launch, high spin. So this is sort of, I call it a non-linear option. So you get the the high compression, high launch characteristics of the Pro V1X, but at much lower spin. So from a spin perspective, it's only a slightly higher spinning ball than AVX. So very low spin golf ball. Might be a good ball for you, Harry. Yeah, off the tee, yeah, but I've tried the ball, the balls that I have that say they do that. And when I get around the green, that's where I have my problem, where I can't. What's around the green, up. though, Harry? What do you well, mean I like green? like chipping from maybe five to ten yards. I like yeah, to so go that, in I there mean, that's, quick. That's that's cover thickness and softness. The difference between mm-hmm. the cover and the casing layer. So that's not that's not going to be a lot to do with what you see off the tee. That's kind of a little bit different animal. That's you're getting more of the cover and play on those. Well, short if, shots. if if you want to send some down to me, or t- if Titleist is hearing, send some down to me. I'll try him out. Nobody at Titleist listens to. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, who is this ball for, in your opinion, Tony? So again, it's it's similar to an AVX guy on paper, right? It's it's going to be kind of a a higher speed, higher spin player, or, and definitely a higher spin player. But again, it's it's a higher compression ball. So if you are, as much as I, I, I argue against the field preference, if you are a guy who likes a softer feeling ball, this is definitely not for you. If you are a guy who doesn't generate enough spin with, with your irons, especially, or definitely with your driver, this ball is not for you. Again, Titleist says, the three current retail balls, AVX, Pro V1, Pro V1X, fit 95% of the golfing population. So this really is kind of a ball for the other 5%, which is why it's not going to be on shelves, why it's going to be special order only, that sort of thing. All right, but when's it, it available? It's definitely an intriguing option for a, niche, for a niche portion of the market. So it's not going to be available in stores, but you can buy it right online. So when is it available for well, golfers? So it's, it's not really, I wouldn't say online, let's... It's like it's a pre-sale, not, like a pre-order. Well, it's it's going to be it's special order only. So basically, you can go to any authorized Titleist ball seller, uh, ball seller, whether that's Dick's Sporting Goods or your local pro shop, anywhere that has a Titleist account. And just as you would like order a number forty-seven or whatever in a Pro V One, you can say, "Hey, I, I want to order X dozen of the the Left Dash Pro V One X." All right. So they're right. not they're not putting it on shelves because again. They yeah, think the like. other three fit most golfers better, and they don't want to have a situation where a golfer accidentally pulls a left dash box off a shelf and, and has a ball that doesn't doesn't fit him well or doesn't meet his performance expectations or what he's accustomed to. So what you're telling me is Titleist is making this a mass run ball just for you. 
<laughs> wouldn't that be something? But no. Uh, <laughs> it's, but it does, like on paper, again, this is what they fit me for because, I mean, you saw it at the test facility, right? I tend to generate excessive amounts of dynamic loft and no with way. excessive amounts of dynamic loft come excessive amounts of spin. So I think that, that, that's really that kind foundation. of... We'll see. We'll see. Well, I think you know. I think that there's a lot of guys that play AVX that could probably benefit from something like this. I agree. Guys that shouldn't be playing AVX and they should be playing a Pro V1, but need that reduction in spin. Probably. Yeah, and this place. I mean, we we can haggle about what the the actual impact of of low compression is, but if you are a guy who generates a, a decent amount of swing speed, and on, on my best days I can get up 107, 108, so a, a low compression ball is going to cost me distance off the tee. With something like this, I get the low spin benefits of AVX without losing that distance off the tee and then getting kind of the performance that I'm looking for on the rest of the golf course. There you go. But that's just me. Again, that's not everybody else. I <laughs> To say my swing is an outlier is probably fair. All right. So if you think you're one of the 5% out there that this ball is right for, like Tony said, you can order it through any authorized Titleist retailer. And if you have any questions. October 1st. Oct- October 1st. And if you have any questions, shoot a text or email or, you know, we'll give out Tony's phone number. You can directly contact him. <laughs> uh, but no, ask Tony on Twitter or anything. He'll help you out, I'm sure. Um, and next up is something that I don't think a lot of people know that we do. We have a forum and uh, that forum is a separate kind of yet connected piece to my golf spy that has at this point 80,000 hardcore golfers, right? But one of the coolest things that we do almost every Friday at this point, which I don't think any other media outlet in golf does at least this much of it, is what's called member testing, right? So my golf spy is known for testing all the different products, drivers through putters, shoes through ball retrievers mm-hmm. for on Harry's end. And <laughs> you know we wanna do that datacratically, but we also want to offer the opportunity for our readers and consumers out there to don't take our word for it. Try it on your own, right? And I just don't think many people are aware of this, but here are some of the examples of product that you can test for my golf by and keep. Meaning, once you're done testing these products, these sets of irons and drivers, they're yours to keep. So Forever. Forever. They're yours to do whatever you want with. Um, you just have to be a member of the forum. So here's a list of some of the latest ones we've done just for anybody out there that's interested. Callaway Epic Flash Drivers. Uh, that's ping, pretty good. Yep. Ping G410 irons. Pretty Ooh, that's good. good. Yep. Even roll putters. Uh, Cleveland, wed- Cleveland wedges. Wilson Jr. sets. So if you have any kids out there, you know, that would be a cool one. We do range. Or if you're really, really, really small. Some, you might want those. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and not only do we do clubs, but we do range finders and all kinds of tech and, you know, Arcos and shot scopes and pretty much anything that's out there that does well in our testing and even some that don't that like for the junior sets for example uh that we don't test much of we give the access to our reader to test and keep the product so if you haven't joined the forum yet go on to the home page and at the top right you'll see where it says forum and we'd love to have you in there and basically at the end of the day it's eighty thousand members that want to talk golf and you know have a community that they can kind of hang their hat and call home and just chat about golf every day. And uh, golf. other. Yes. Golf. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. And one other thing that we have uh, just 
kind of a quick announcement, and that's uh, two uh, Fujikura Ventus comes out with two new shafts, the black and the red, where Bada you can bing. see Tony holding. And also, yeah. we have some graphite design new shafts. So, Tony, can you give some quick quick info on the new shafts? Yeah, it's, it's going to be, I think, next week is when the full info is going to come out. We'll have stories, I, I think. Uh, definitely on Ventus. I'm, I'm trying to pull it together with graphite design as well. So, awesome week coming up for shaft tours like me. Uh, two new Ventus offerings coming. So, in addition to the blue, we have a red and a black, as you'd expect from any kind of three-shaft lineup, right? The blue, the original, now the Ventus blue, mid-launch, mid-spin. Uh, kind of a speeder profile, soft mid-section. Uh, the black is going to be your low spin offering, so stiffer midsection, stiffer overall, and then for kind of the high launch, higher, excuse me, nobody ever says high spin. You can never say high spin, so excuse me, high launch, mid spin, <laughs> uh, Ventus Red. Uh, so we'll have full details on those coming out. I'm going to get these tipped up as soon as I can and check them out. Uh, waiting on tips, hopefully. JT, man, come on, hit me up. Uh, and the other one coming up is going to be the Graphite Design Tour ADXC. So about this time every year, Graphite Design launches a new shaft in their AD lineup. So ADDI, right? The, the orange one was sort of the, the one that's probably the most well-known. But like clockwork, every kind of late summer, early fall, there's a new one. The XC, not a replacement. Graphite Design almost never replaces anything, but it's it's being billed as a modernized version of the Tor ADBB, which is one of the lower spinning offerings in the in the uh, AD lineup, and and kind of had a an interesting following. Certainly, guys, a lot of guys love the the blue one. So this is sort of the blue one evolved, new materials, stiffer midsection. That's kind of that's kind of the talking points there. And again, we'll have more on that as well. So Tony, when are you sending me the uh, these shafts? Because <laughs> I'm playing the 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 um the blue version right now. That's for... right, you did. I sent you the the yeah. ADBB once upon a time. And if it was great, you could do a little swap. I could there. Hey. swap. Swap. We'll swap. Swap. How what about is that, is that what you're... What's hey, in your drive? Is that what you're playing in your I'm driver? Playing, yeah. So here's here's a here's a test. How about you send that driver down? I get to keep it. But I do a test <laughs> between the old version and the new version, and then let's see what happens. There's a lab right there. Yeah. Mm. No, I think uh, go straight I mean, in my box. Right here, buddy. Yeah, it could be interesting uh, for sure. So if you yeah, want to send, we, if you want to send that down, Tony's not gonna, sending you. No, that not. no, 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 no. Actually, this is one of the things I'm talking to Graphite Design about now is comparing it to to something they suggested uh, i think the uh the the iz but because it's it's sort of almost like the i don't want to say opposite but certainly a from graphite design standards a, a very different profile than the ad iz but yeah i i definitely think some some head-to-head -head stuff could be yeah, interesting that'd be cool so send, send we'll that down whenever you get it tour clubs, but we know that that there are a lot of interest in shafts even if it's sort of hard to explain and kind of quantify and really put it out there in a way that's meaningful, okay. but we're right. plugging away and trying great, to get the great info. Transition. And speaking of... Great transition <laughs> for that. So uh, we survey our readers all the time on kind of what they're interested in, what they like, and what they want. And man, it's just an overwhelming response of people just going, can you guys help solve the problem of the complexity and confusion around shafts? And we're working on it. We really are, but I don't think people understand how difficult that is. It is super muddy water. Like, it is just a tough nut to crack. And we have something called My Goss by Shaft University 
that will become a bigger part of what's called my gospel university so article out yesterday um go check it out really uh, well written by chris that was yeah. good and we're starting you have to start somewhere but trust me it's a little bit tough to read but just hang in yeah, bad with it it's technical for sure and but it's it's really like our whole idea is like if we're if we're going to tell you how it works and, and how it all comes together and, and launch profiles and, and torque and all all the all the lingo and the language that everybody sort of associates with shaft marketing really have to kind of tear it down and explain it every step of the way and yet it's it really is kind of a, a complex and, and sometimes tedious <laughs> it's like it's like, complex, it's like reading um aristotle you have to read yeah, it about I mean, three it, or four times technical. and then he read aristotle Hey, I'm yes. a communications yeah, philosophy too. of communication. Aristotle, <laughs> Plato, <laughs> Aristotle. Uh, I think therefore I, I learn much. <laughs> I think therefore I am. Epistemology, ontology, yeah. axiology. This is where Harry's deep thoughts comes. Now from. he's just <laughs> saying <tips>. words. <laughs> Anything with ology, deep tips. <laughs> All right. So the last thing too is when we do these focus group studies, one of the other things is, and we haven't done a good enough job about this, honestly, and we know that, and we're going to work on it in the future, and that is. We have focused a lot more on the first 10 years of what we call the gearhead, and that is the super technical, the super detail, the super datacratic. And we need to start doing a better job of offering services and guides for all levels of golfers, I guess. So uh, one thing that we've put up there, if you go onto our Facebook, if you don't follow us on Facebook, you know, feel free. But we have something we just put together called the My Golf Spy Free Driver Fitting Guide. And if you're super technical gearhead, it might not be for you. But if you're starting out and there is any intimidation factor for you when to walk into a store and get fit for a golfer, the job of this is kind of twofold. It's to help you find the driver for you, right? The right driver. But it's a simple questionnaire to just make sure, basically it's like this. So what you're seeing right now is the cover sheet, but this is the driver guide. And it's basically for a golfer to just walk into a fitter and hand them this sheet. And basically it gives you tips on how to find the right driver for you. And it gives you some specs for them to write down the before and the after from your old driver versus your new. And just simple things like be open-minded, eat before you go, warm up. Even some of those basic things that some golfers don't do so you can make sure that you maximize the potential of your fitting. Kind of going back to what Sam's always said and that's going with an objective. For those of you that sometimes forget to go in with, with an objective and want a cheat sheet, this is a quick and easy cheat sheet for you to bring into a fit. I mean, shoot, it can be hard going into the golf shop. There's all this new product. You want to try everything out. I mean, even your own objective in your head can get lost. So something like that can really help you stay on the right track when you go to get fit. Yeah, Aziz Ansari, the comedian, said it kind of best, I think, like paralysis by overanalysis. He was talking about buying a toothbrush off Amazon, you know? And he was talking about like, just the unsatisfaction he had by buying this one, getting it going. He spent like hours researching the best toothbrush, right? He buys it, gets it home. He's like, oh, that was, it's pretty good. But like, could I have had better? Could I have had better? Right. And there was just in today's world, there's just this overwhelming abundance of information that can be thrown at you at an instant. Right. And it's tough to kind of wade through. Yeah. And when you go into a PJ superstore and think about all, when you open those doors, it's like, holy shit. Right. 
And you can, your brain can go from I had this objective when I walked in to now like oh my Ooh, look God. at that <laughs> exactly it's like it's like kids in a candy store yeah yeah Eyes light we, up. we see that all the time even in our own office guys yeah. will come in and say hey man can we do a bag analysis and then you start dropping some knowledge on them they're like whoa this is way too much yeah so, so this honestly I I think it's for anybody can it's useful for anybody but um. Anyway, if you think this is something that would be interesting to you, check it out. It's on our Facebook page. You can just download it. It's free. Uh, free so, 99. Yep, free 99. And other than that, anyone have any last things to say on episode 13 of No Plus Given? I hope we I'm sell out 13. to CBD. I hope we sell out to CBD. Oh, you want to? Okay. Because if I win, we're selling out, right? Yes, for sure. All right, perfect. I'm, I'm going to get my Popeye's chicken sandwich. Okay. <laughs> Tony? Have a good weekend. Uh, your in-laws coming? No. <laughs> you sound a little too happy Quarantined there. Everybody. <laughs> so you got a free weekend with, with some golf. And uh, Tony, where are you playing this weekend, McGregor? Always at McGregor. Yeah. Almost always at McGregor. So if you're up in the uh, far north of New York and Gansvort and want to ever play with Tony, hit him up. He's got a says country. no one. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. That's not true. There's some people that up there. And there's people that like to play with Tony. So I would love to play with Tony, but he never sticks around for long enough for me to do so. So he should after what that, you get. And, that and that you really gave. Sam, that, that says more about you than it does about me. I'm gonna <laughs> respectfully disagree, but however, our next lesson is gonna be on course, and I'm not even gonna charge uh-huh. you. Well, it's, I'm starting up the for real lesson package next week. Not that you didn't help, not to, not to diminish what you did because hey, I think we pretty are, drastic change we, right we there. Built, we yeah, built the foundation, Tony. We who built the foundation. Get, who are you going to get lessons from? So I'm gonna. Well, I'm starting with an evaluation with with Anders Matson, who uh, is a Golf Channel Academy guy, good reputation in the area. Sent lots of juniors to drive pitch and putt championship already. So. Um, and he's been described to me as cerebral and, and really kind of technical and data driven, which, you know, gels well with what I'm looking for. So we're doing the, the, the evaluation, uh, next week. And if, if I think it's a good match and I think it's kind of what I'm looking forward, we're going to, we're going to move forward and commit to a serious lesson package and, and teaching program and see if we can't get this to a point where I can play consistent golf and where, you know, my game can't be degraded significantly because I ate a turkey sandwich. I am just, <laughs> so, I'm giddy at this. This is great. I'm waiting for the Corn Ferry Tour and Tony to be on it. He'll probably be on PGA Tour Champions, but. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not even going to be on the Corn Flakes Tour. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's episode oh, 13 of No Putts Given. Everybody have a good weekend. We out.